Guys, welcome to Better Bachelor. This is Joker with a face for radio and a voice for print. Tonight we're going to talk about John Calhoun's experiment. This was a gentleman that put together an experiment of a, a pen that would hold 3,000 mice. And he took uh, four pairs uh, and put them in there and said, okay, there's no predators. We're going to give you as much food as you need. We're going to give you as much space as you need. They should live a, a happy life and let's see what happens to the population. Interestingly enough, at first they thrived, then things kind of balanced out, and then they went completely extinct, even without any predators. I'm going to read the experiment, and then we're going to look at how this uh, correlates to kind of today's society and why we may have something to worry about in the long run. Mice Utopia Experiment, What Humans Can Learn From It In 1950, an American ethiologist named John Calhoun created a series of experiments to test the effects of overpopulation on the behavior of social animals. The animals which Calhoun chose for this experiment were mice and later on rats. He chose rodents as these reproduce rapidly, thus allow him to observe the development of several generations of mice in a relatively short time. Calhoun and his researchers found that in a space-limited resource, unlimited environment, the population of mice would grow rapidly, peak out, and then collapse into extinction. This test was replicated several times and it was found that the, they, these led to the same outcome each time. The reason for the phenomenon was found and derived from social decay, which worsened with each generation. The social decay led to unrest in the environment, which in turn led to sub-replacement fertility. It was concluded that nature has a limit in which social animals can interact. John, Cal John Calhoun's experiments gained worldwide recognition and his expertise was sought after by government bodies such as NASA. They present a useful yet grim insight into what could be our own future, for no matter how many times Calhoun repeated the experiment, the results led to the same inevitable conclusion, extinction. You know, when you look at how quickly the population is growing, we can see that at some point we are going to run out of resources. But interestingly, they never ran out of resources. And that wasn't ultimately which gave the decline. If you look at each subsequent generation that we have here in the United States, I think we can say that, you know, when you, the generation that was of my grandfather that just recently ended, you know, he was born and, uh, or even my great grandfather, they went through the Great Depression. There was a time of tightening. There was uh, WW1 and WW2. There's been some pretty large uh, conflicts, and those all have consequences. But today, uh, you know, we don't have those. So each generation that's gone by is a little bit looser, a little bit more, um, less morally founded, or doesn't have the same foundation. You know, back in the 50s, everybody went nuts because Elvis was on TV and he was shaking his hips, and that was... Uh, the outrage, the, 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 moral, uh, the moral outrage, it was just horrible. People were, were completely blown away that this was happening on TV. In the 60s and 70s, look at the difference. There was um, uh, recreational use of, of drugs. There was um, un, un, uninhibited freedom to fool around with people uh, from the development of the pill. And again, generation after generation after generation slowly loosened the reins on society. 
Now we get to where we are today, and the, the reins are exceptionally loose. Not only that, but we don't have many rules for society anymore. It continues on the experiment. His team created a comfortable environment with ideal for the mice. Uh, they had a box-shaped enclosure with unlimited food and water, had space for up to 3,000 mice. Rooms were closed off so that neither the mice could get out nor predators in. Four pairs of mice were screened for diseases upon verifying that they were healthy and they were, they were introduced into the enclosure. Calhoun observed the mice population over the course of the experiment. He noted down behavioral changes and population numbers. He found that there were four distinct phases of population observed during the experiment. The first stage, strive. It was a phase in which the uh, mice explored and adjusted to the new area. The second stage was the exploit period. The population grew very rapidly. He observed that some of the uh, compartments became more populated than others, and therefore some units used more resources. It was also observed that some units started to become crowded. This is very similar to how we are in cities. If you spread everybody out across the country, some would stay out in the farmlands. Others would move closer in where they would have more social interaction, more food, more work, etc. The third phase was named the equilibrium phase. During this phase, the mice population peaked at 2,200 individuals. Although there was space for 3,000, during the third phase, Calhoun observed the collapse of the mice civilization. He noted that the new generations were inhibited since most space was already socially defined. And if I remember correctly, this didn't take but four or 500 days. Uh, so we're talking about roughly a year and a half. I think the longest one went two years. He noted, <clears throat> he noted this during his experiments. Many mice were unable to carry pregnancy to full term or to survive delivery of their litters if they did. And even a greater number after su successfully giving birth fell short in their maternal functions. Amongst the males, the behavior disturbances ranged from uh, uh, performance deviation to cannibalism and from fre frenetic overactivity to a pathological withdrawal uh, from which individuals would emerge to eat, drink, and move about only when other members of the community were asleep. The social organization of the animals showed equal disruption. The common source of these disturbances became more dramatically apparent in the populations of the first series of three experiments in which observed the development of what we call the behavioral sink. The animals would crowd together in greatest number in one of the four uh, interconnecting pens in which the colony was maintained. As many as 60 of the 80 mice in each experimental population would assemble in one pen during periods of feeding. Individual mice would rarely eat except in the company of other mice. As a result, extreme population densities developed in the pen adopted for eating, leaving the others with sparse populations. Again, very similar to our farmlands. In the experiments in which the behavioral sink developed, Infant mortality ran as high as 96% among the most disoriented groups of the population. Now, I read a little bit further on this, and I'll include some links if you guys want to dive in a bit further. But what happened is basically things were flourishing and going along so well that the mice became selfish. They weren't worried about uh, procreating. They weren't worried about having uh, young because they weren't necessary, because they weren't worried about the some something in their instincts told them that we don't have to worry about repopulating, and so they didn't care about their young. 
I don't know if it says it in this particular article, but many times the young ones were just completely abandoned or they, they weren't carried to full term. They continue on. Newer generations born in the now dysfunctional mouse utopia became withdrawn, spending their days grooming obsessively and dedicating their time solely to eating, drinking, and sleeping. These were known as the, the beautiful ones, and they were exceptionally stupid. Sounds familiar with our young, young beautiful ones today, doesn't it? This generation, for all of the emphasis they placed on grooming, would not reproduce. Moreover, these mice were noted to be unintelligent compared to previous generations. The limit Calhoun imposed on, it, on his population of mice was space. And as the population grew, this became increasingly problematic. As the pens heaved with animals, one of his assistants described the rodent utopia as having become a living hell. The fourth phase was the decline. In this phase, the population plummeted. The last mouths died 600 days after the experiment began. So what can we learn from the experiment with mice? The limiting factor of Calhoun's experiment was space. As time transpired, the mice passed on the negative behavioral attitudes to the next generation, and these subsequently passed on them those same negative behavioral um, attitudes to the next generation with an addition of new social uh, unsocial attitudes. What is it that makes space and lack thereof such a decisive factor in the development of social animals, and what are the consequences for population condensation? Notice how the evolution of behaviors displayed by the mice parallel those of people on Easter Island, as explored by Quintus Cortius and his ROK article, The Power of Choice. The people of Easter Island are a historical example of human version of the mice experiment. When humans first arrived there about 900 AD, it, Easter Island, was densely forested and was capable of sustaining numerous tribes in a relatively high population. The conditions of the islanders were similar to that of Calhoun's mice. On an isolated island with a lush environment, a group of human settlers arrived on boats to Easter Island. The settlers could thrive with almost endless resources without natural predators nor external factors of stress. Within time, the island became overpopulated Quintus explains what befell the islanders. The islanders then began to compete with each other more and more fiercely for an ever-declining volume of natural, natural resources. Vendettas multiplied, intertribal warfare flared, a, a, and a pall of hostility and fear descended on the island. As the trees vanished, the islanders were unable to, boast, to, unable to build boats to escape the other islands. They became trapped in their own hell doomed to fight each other in perpetuity for the last crumbs that had for the last crumbs that the barren land could offer eventually the islanders began to starve and feed literally off each other as wild meats became unavailable and escape off the island became impossible due to the de deforestation the natural consequences followed cannibalism stalked the island animating its folk folklore and infecting its archaeological sites Perhaps the islanders compensated for their misery by focusing more and more on the empty ritual of building and raising statues as their means of sustenance melted away. So if, if we've got, you know, again, you look back to the 50s versus today, each generation after had less social rules. Um, they had less care of things that used to bother us. Morals just loosened, you could say. Now, when we look at what's going on currently in society, you can see things like the clinics that we have to help um, 
women become not mothers anymore? And should they change their mind? These are on the rise. Uh, the, the repopulation rate has to be at 2.2. However, if you look at Japan and I believe it's South Korea, those rates are as low as 1.2 or 1.25, somewhere around there. So they're not, they're not having the children anymore. And, and when they are, again, uh, pregnant, they're not deciding to have them. So we're, we're almost in that same sort of phase in some ways. Uh, they continue on. This is reminiscent of the behavioral sink observed in the mouse utopia. It also resembles the abhorrent behaviors uh, observed in Calhoun's experiments, resembling several shocking stories from the recent times. Is it possible that it, it's a social decay rather than a shortage of food that led the people of Easter Island to near extinction? There are natural limitations on the degrees of social interaction we can manage on a daily basis, just like with the mice. In humans, this is referred to as Dunbar's number, and it has been observed to be true in social media sites, which is Dunbar's number, I believe is 200, or maybe it's 300, where you do not have the ability to create bonds and to remember um, personal details or create connections with more than two or 300 people. And in today's society, you see people linked up with hundreds, if not thousands. This number, uh, I think what is interesting is, again, when you look at society, we talk about, he talks about the ones, the beautiful ones, that all they're worried about is preening themselves and becoming popular, um, or excuse me, preening themselves and staying away uh, socially, but worried about their looks and, um, and how they're uh, received. And of course, that's kind of familiar in today's society online. <clears throat> and of course, they also said they're exceptionally dumb. And well, we know how that goes. Well, whilst it could be argued that this could not happen to humans, we, as we have large swaths of unpopulated land, it has been noted that the peak population, only half the colony space was being used. The mice had a tendency to congregate and overpopulate certain sectors of space, something reminiscent of modern-day cities. So they go on to cite some other countries, uh, like a, and, and I'll put the links below. Population condensation, depopulation, senseless aggression. We, we've seen this recently in the news, um, just whenever there's a, a protest or a speaker that's speaking something that, that one group of people doesn't like. Many times there's a protest with violence. Breakdown of gender roles. Uh, this I'll read. This um, is case study in US and USA and Japan. It says, uh, we place a large importance on gender roles. Looking at the subject from a perspective of another species may give us some further insight on the topic. We have observed that the depopulation is in effect. So what is the cause? Perhaps there is more than one social cause. The behavioral sink observed in the mouse utopia showed several abnormal social behaviors. In the male mice, a limited space and a boom in population caused the males to fight more to be accepted. Very similar today in what we've got going on, the 80-20 rule. Since not all mice can be uh, um, alpha, the losers withdrew. Maybe that's us. We've withdrawn from society. With excess males fighting for the dominance, older males gave up, leaving the females to fend for the family. These would then become increasingly aggressive, and some even began attacking their own offspring. We've seen this again with, um, with certain, certain rights that, that women are currently fighting for. They're fighting for the ability to kill their unborn child. 
Calhoun noted that as time progressed, mothers fell short of maternal expectations. In recent years, there have been an increasing amount of cases of child neglect and abuse by humans, human mothers that have made it to national headlines. It's not hard to speculate that there are many more we have not heard of. In Australia, police have released data that attribute half of the nation's infanticides to their mothers. Since these are the more notorious cases which the media publishes, the less extreme cases go unnoticed. As reported or unreported in the media, in the last few decades there have been a string of stories in the media with which, when examined, as a whole tells us that women are starting to lose their natural instincts for nurture. We also know that women in developed nations are suppressing maternal instincts, either intrinsically or extrinsically. It is also becoming more common for women to seek a um, an amorous-fueled lifestyle, something that was also observed in the mouse utopia. Again, no no desire for procreation, just desire for uh, the fooling around phase. The mice became more promiscuous. Mice would roam around attacking others or mounting them irrespective of gender. That's become more popular. We can't argue that. Phase C, the incidence of conception in females declined and the reabsorption into uh, fetuses increased. Maternal behavior was disrupted. Some mothers in desperate searches for quieter areas quieter areas, abandoned young that fell on the way. As the behavior in the pen deteriorated, females would abandon their offspring, leaving them to fend for themselves, with no parents around to teach them how to be well-adjusted mice. Same thing. We see this again, well or not well-adjusted young people. Prematurely rejected, first by their fathers, then by their mothers, and fathers today are being forced out, so they have no choice but to neglect. Then by established groups in the community, the young grew up without knowing how to behave personally or socially as mice. Gender roles are vital in social species. Without the breakdown of these, lead to hard sub-replacement fertility, depopulation, and finally extinction. And then they go on to talk about uh, withdrawal. And I know this is a little dry, but I think this is really important to read because it it correlates a lot with society today. Uh, Here they're going to talk about the withdrawal in Japan. We just talked about the withdrawal of mice. Individuals would only emerge to eat and sleep when the rest were asleep. When I read this, the first thing I came to my mind was the uh, hikomori. Hikomori. It's a term used to refer to a reclusive adolescent who's too introverted to function in society. These youth are so socially inept that they shut themselves indoors and only venture out at night to stock up on groceries. This is a phenomenon that has been occurring for 20 years, but it's only recently coming to light in Japan. The hikomori are established, uh, are estimated to number 1 million, something that has already alarmed the Japanese government who have been unable to tackle an issue they do not fully understand. In Japan, an entire generation of young Japanese have been born into a society in where all space is already socially de- defined, just like in the mouse utopia, where the new generations were inhibited since most space was socially defined. However, this trend is not exclusive to Japan. Japan is, however, a very close approximation to a mice utopia experiment for humans, just like Easter Island. Under stress, these boys and men have been impaired by a stressed and dysfunctional society. Withdrawal is cause for depopulation and the effect of an overstressed society in which, in which is in turn caused by behavioral sink. So, you know, again, this is exactly what we're talking about. You know, we're talking about the, the society that is getting further and further and further away from understanding their roles 
And by being forced into these new roles, it is kind of screwing everything up a little bit. Um, we're, we can look at everything that's currently happening in the UK, United States, Australia, Japan, South Korea, because we're, we're powerful countries. When we go to war, we have an established military. There's no lack of resources. Um, should we fall upon hard times, the government assists us. So we're kind of in the same way. We're in a bit of a utopia, and there's no need to worry about um, reproduction or procreation. The, the next one they talk about is the beautiful ones, and this is in Japan. There's another social ill in Japan that is comparable to Calhoun's mice. These are the grass eaters, the uh, Soshuku Kedanshi of Japan. The term grass eater refers to males who have no interest in seeking relationship with the opposite sex. The media and the manosphere has confused these guys with whatever preconceptions they may have had. For example, the BBC documentary says, No Sex Please, We Are Japanese, explores the phenomenon with bias and poor journalism, which we encounter here as well. Uh, so to ensure we don't fall for the same preconceptions, allow me to reiterate that the grass eaters are men who have no interest in pursuing relationships with the opposite sex. They are not um, gay. They are just kind of like us, I, I, I guess, men becoming bachelors and doing their own thing. The difference between grass eaters and the uh, hikomori is that the soshoku ke danshi are withdrawing from relationships and the hikomori are withdrawing from all society together, from society altogether. Grass eaters are not asexual and the preference is the vast array of uh, adult websites available to them. Many grass eaters, although not all, are metrosexual. These guys are uh, these are guys who spend a lot of time and money into personal grooming. Once again, this is not applicable to all grass eaters, and that's not applicable to bachelors. Some grass eaters show resemblance to the beautiful ones, spending their time obsessively grooming, eating and sleeping, and not reproducing. The correlation appears to be that individuals are not conforming to stressed societal model and are opting out of relationships in the male gender role. These grass eaters have become so numerous, it has pushed some Japanese girls to initiate the courtship. And we, we're seeing that a little bit more now here in the United States as well. This phenomenon is most pronounced in Japan, but is applicable to other nations. Yeah. In the Republic of Korea, 10% of men wear makeup. In other developed nations, the beautiful ones are the vapid and shallow celebrity and beautifully uh, beautify obsessed youth. It is possible the grass eaters could become a cause of depopulation, and that is caused by behavioral sink. And that's what we talk about here, again, with these people on social media. The the uh, video I just did on, on getting off of social media is that, that young woman who was not going out with friends, she was not uh, interacting with other people, she was obsessed with putting photographs on her media sites and worried about how many likes and, and dislikes she was getting. And when it wasn't up to her standards, she self-deleted. That sounds very close to a beautiful one. So I think it's happening on both sides of, of both for male and female. You know, the, the, what makes this so interesting is that if you look at this experiment, and again, I'll put some links up for you guys down, down below. Uh, just hit the show more under the video and it'll all be there, uh, always at the bottom. Go through and read this. There's some videos on it. Uh, they're about 15 minutes long. It's not very. It's not a very long video. And give a read through. This is one written by the Return of Kings, but um, just because they summed it up very nicely. But the 
the scientific read or the papers itself is not a hard read and it's not an exceptionally long read, but I really think it's worth reading because we're starting to see the same things in our society today. And it it kind of gives you a little bit of understanding so that when something does happen or you see a trend or a pattern that seems you know similar to something like this, it, it might be a little bit of, of forecasting what may be in our future. Guys, if you'd like to support my work, links are below. And as always, please like, comment, and share. I'd love to hear what you guys think about my, my uh, different videos that I put out, which ones you like, which ones you didn't like, which ones become popular, and you know whatever you tend to like a little bit more as long as it's something I enjoy doing. I'll be more than happy to put some together for you. Guys, that is all for this evening. This is Better Bachelor. I'm Joker, and remember, the wise warrior avoids the battle.